You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So how's it feel, everybody? I mean, aside from like cold as hell, but Sixers have won eight straight now after beating the Knicks in the garden yesterday. Nice little Christmas gift for everybody. 119-112 at the garden. Uh, we're going to talk about that along with some other fun stuff. It is Dio Royster is the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I'm always joined by Dave Early. Dave, how's your Christmas, man? Christmas was a great day. Good time spent with family. Stayed warm and cozy. Watched a lot of sports. Yes, yeah, cold. It was cold as hell yesterday. Actually, it's been cold as hell this last like couple this last week or so. I'm just like, damn it. Ah, uh, can it be June already? So maybe I can watch some Sixers in the NBA Finals playoff yeah. basketball. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, so we're recording this at about five thirty, and twenty minutes ago. Our boy, our friend, our homie, Jackson Frank, dropped a article stating that Tyrese Maxey is eyeing a return for this Friday's hotly contested matchup between the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, That's good news. It's great news. The Sixers can beat Washington in Washington, which is never a given somehow. I always have nightmares about playing in Washington. Yeah. Then they would have a huge road game to continue their streak and try to make it 10 against Ingram, Zion, McCollum, um, and pretty much a stacked roster, right? I would say so. Like New, New Orleans' roster looks a lot better now that Zion is back, and he was just like the missing piece in, in that whole thing. Like now that he's there – the Pelicans are good. And we talked about this in the last podcast. The The Pelicans are doing things. They're doing stuff. And yeah. it's it's nice to see. Like, they're second in the West. They won two straight. And I I knew Zion was going to make an impact. But I don't know how much of an impact he would make when he came back. Did you expect this from New Orleans at all? Like, top three in the West after 30 games? I wouldn't have predicted this. But you knew that just being... A superstar as soon as he was healthy was in the range of outcomes for him given he was one of the most highly touted prospects since anthony davis so you know if you wrote him off for his whole career because of his knee and foot problems i think that was a mistake you knew if he ever got out there it could be big trouble and with the leap that brandon ingram took yeah uh, i know mccall i know mccallum slumped for a lot of this for a big portion of the year but um you know they hit on not on herb with a late pick, which the Sixers had taken him over Jaden Springer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really good roster. It'd be a really tough game for them to go in and win. I, I will say without Maxi in the lineup and Jackson hit on this, the Sixers have been they've been really good. They've gone 12 and five. 
eight games in a row and adding Maxi back. Okay, so first of all, let's just ask the question. Uh, number one, who is most likely to get their minutes slashed? Yeah, Melton has been so good. They plugged Melton in, and they've got like a 95th percentile offense and defense all of a sudden. They're really chugging. Right. And he's the most intuitive guy that Maxie would replace because that's who Melton replaced when Maxie went down. So you you think it makes sense to see some more three-guard lineups. Doc was recently asked, would he bring Tyrese in off the bench? And I think it's a fair question, at least to start because you're not sure whether or not they're going to want to ramp him up. I think that is probably the plan. There's a little bit of talk from Shams already about a minutes restriction, I believe. And Rivers yeah, said, we've heard sure. that before. <laughs> it's funny that they, they will do one with Tyrese, but not James yeah. when they're like 12 years apart. But um, I suppose they would argue that's the nature of a broke, a fracture versus a sprain or I don't know. Uh, Doc, Doc said, I see all scenarios with our guys when he was asked about Maxi coming in off the bench. When he comes back, we're not going to throw him right in regardless. He's been out a long time, and it's a foot injury, so it's not like conditioning, but we're open to everything. So he's just basically saying, we might bring him off the bench. We might not. We might have a restriction. We're going to ease him into this. Now, Maxi is 22, and he's averaging career high, almost 23 points a game, 56% true shooting percentage. Um the Sixers have needed some guard help, so it'll be nice to get him back. As far as like sl- whose minutes get slashed, can we just can I just say right now that I know we paid him ten million a season, but I'm coming back to it, Dave. I'm sorry, I, I do this every week. Can we just do a three guard rotation and have PJ off the bench? Like, can we see something, anything different, Doc? Just seriously. I'm happy to try it. I, I would... can't with PJ Tucker anymore. <laughs> I can't this season. I really just can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, he's got was it Cassidy Hubbard who reported during the game that he's got dead hand, whatever that means. He's got like whatever nerve, the hell that means. Nerve damage. Uh, I feel like it was two weeks ago where we said like send him to the Jersey Shore, send him on a whale watching tour, give him a two three week vacation because we don't want him playing so hard right now. Filling in for, you know, Embiid was dealing with injuries Harden and then Maxi, and he's logging these huge minutes at his age, coming off knee surgery, give the man a break because he's not playing at his best and you'd hope for him to be healthy come April, May, June. Yeah. Give the man a break. Let his dead hand heal. <laughs> it's his almost his, his <laughs> I almost want to say his dead weight, but I can't really say that. Uh, I do. I am still buying some stock long term, but with the caveat that you have to load manage him. So like I would buy this company, trim some fat. I, do, I don't think they're running the operation perfectly. Um, I might make some changes and then I like the stock to rise as long as they don't push him, but they're pushing him. So Maxi coming back, Doc has already implied that I don't think diminishing James Harden minutes is really on our checklist. We're not too worried about it. Maybe towards the end of the year we'll get his minutes per game number down but don't expect us to really like drop james's minutes when maxi's back so that begs the question might they drop pj's and and slide melton over he's undersized to guard some of the guys that tuck guards but i mean you watched julius randall blow by him time after time tucker i mean so because as, as you said before you know 
PJ's ability to stay in front of his man is something that I should uh, uh, appreciate and consider. But yeah, I can't I can't do that anymore. And you are you, my friend, are holding on to that PJ Tucker stock so hard. You are clutching it with your dead cold hands. You're like the last dude holding FTX crypto right now. Yeah, that, that's fair. But, you know, it's also <laughs> it's also an important caveat because they're not really checking his lo- his load maintenance program at all. Right. He's just burning minutes and not getting a chance to rest when he's probably not 100 percent. So yeah. I think that the defense will not maintain its current pace. Like, I mean, you saw what they did to the Knicks in between the first half when clearly they had slept in on the noon start to the second half. It was night and day. Yeah. But if you're introducing Maxi back to that lineup, that's already going to take a hit. And then if you're taking Tucker out and sliding Melton to cover guys like Kevin Durant, that's probably going to be another hit. Even if you're low on PJ, I'm not sure how that would work out until I see it defensively. Yeah, I, um, I, I trust DeAnthony Melton to stay in front of his man more than PJ Tucker right now. That's just what that boils down to. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think you're probably <laughs> sleeping on PJ's D a little bit. PJ's on-off splits are the one thing that we can continue to point to. All you right. Poke holes in that and say he's sharing the floor with Joel, and that always helps. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Christmas Day, Sixers win, uh, one nineteen, one twelve. Embiid drops another casual ho hum, thirty-five and eight rebounds. Uh, James Harden, twenty-nine and thirteen, and went off in the second half, which I enjoy. Uh, George Niang just buckets, just buckets on buckets in the second half, and especially the fourth quarter. So that was always that's appreciated. Uh, yeah, Tibbs. Tibbs obviously thought that defending the pick and roll aggressively on Harden and leaving the uh, the behind the back bounce pass to to Niang was the way to go, and Niang just really burned him, gave him an eight point lead late in that game, and then showed the crowd how passionate he is about playing, which was really both- fun. It was a bold strategy, Tom. Sorry it didn't work out for you. He's a little too good of a shooter to just to do that to. And I'm not positive what you're worried about with Harden in terms of penetration. Harden had it going from deep, but were you terribly worried he was just going to blow right to the rim? I don't know. Uh, uh, towards the Knicks side, I did not. So I've watched several Knicks games, and I've been impressed with what Jalen Brunson is doing to, for this team right now. I similar with Zion's impact. I didn't know what kind of impact Jalen Brunson would have, but the fact that they have like a true leader, lead point guard on that squad, something that they haven't had probably since what? Not even Derrick Rose. You can't even count Derrick Rose on that. Yeah. My, my buddy, uh, Greg, who's co-hosted when you have been off text me, he was like, Jalen Brunson made the both the Mavs and the Knicks mediocre in one fell swoop. <laughs> that's not that's not fair. That's a huge turn. They took the Mavs, who were a conference finalist, and then they took the Knicks, who were a lottery team, and now they're both mediocre. That's huge. <laughs> I still think I still think Dallas can win a playoff series. That's just because Luca is sure. Luka. But they do miss Jalen Brunson. They do miss Jalen Brunson. Before the Christmas Day game, however. Uh, of, of course, uh, Shams Claus had to grinch the whole thing yesterday. When oh, that was Woj. Woj Claus. Woj Claus. I'm sorry. I, I get the two mixed up. I'm sorry. Fair. Uh, James addressing the report that he's seriously considering returning to the Rockets this upcoming 
offseason. I okay. I can I just enjoy some Christmas Day games. I don't need not to. in this town. Not even on a seven game win streak on Christmas Day. God damn it! Like <laughs> why? I you look at the Sixers. You look at Houston. The Sixers, and we talked about this last week as far as legacy. As far as legacy, the Sixers are way closer to getting that ring than the Rockets are. Like, what is what would be Harden's motivation going back to Houston? I don't know if it would be money because he signed a two-year, $69 million deal with the Sixers this past offseason. Sure, it's a a player option, but, like, I, I don't know what the... I don't know what the thought process would be for him going back to Houston. Can I give you my stream of conscious explanation? That's probably misinformed. Sure. Because I have no freaking idea at this point. All right. So here's what I think. I think James left as much on the table going back to his time in Houston and then Brooklyn as he's ever earned in his career, right? Like Houston offered him a two year, hundred million dollar deal. He said, no, thanks. I don't want to be in this tank scenario. I'm out of here. And I'll probably get a max down the road. When he was in Brooklyn, he turned down a $200 million deal thinking he would get a $260 million deal. And then he probably figured, I have a better chance to win a championship in Philly with Joel Embiid balling out while Kyrie Irving's not even in our lineup. And then they'll give me a five-year max. Then he gets to Philly and his hamstring and the way he fizzles in the playoffs and suddenly the coffers are dry and he's not getting anywhere close to that max, which is why he took the one year deal. You throw in the fact that Joel Embiid kind of threw him under the bus two years in a row now for Joel to poke his co-star, the turning point for Ben Simmons. Everyone expected Houston James, but he's not that he's more of a playmaker. Now. I don't think that's that well. And I think that's probably why you're hearing stuff from Woj about, the dynamic we've heard Ian Begley second that notion that there might be something going on with the dynamic dating back to last off season. So if James Harden is right now playing the best ball he's played to date in a Sixers uniform, and, and if he's true, and if he's a free agent set to be, it was absolutely hundred percent inevitable that we were going to hear some rumors at some point in the year. So he needs a team like Miami. He needs a team like LA. And then he needs a tank team who might be open to a reunion that has max cap space like a Houston or Oklahoma. Otherwise, he has zero leverage with Maury and Josh Harris to get his max here. All so, things being equal, I think he wanted to leave Houston because he wanted to win a ring. And I think he wanted to leave Brooklyn for the same reason. And he wasn't having fun. But this time, I think if he were to leave, it would be because the Sixers offer him 20 million a year or 40 million a year for two years. And then the Rockets blow them out of the water with like an 80 to $100 million offer. Now, why that came on Christmas day, I think is a little bit more nebulous. <laughs> maybe there, maybe there's something under the hood where he's feeling disrespected. Does that play out in practice settings? Does doc rivers remind the team that this is Joel's team all the time? Does Joel Embiid say things like he's the playmaker? He said it to Cassidy Hubbard a few days ago. He was like, at this point in his career, it's better for him to be a playmaker. You'll see him lead the league in assists. When Joel is not in the game, Harden averages 27 points per 36 minutes. So right. if, you're, if you're James, you might be like, yo, I, I'm accommodating. Like I've left money on the table to be here. I took another pay cut once I got here. And I'm also completely changing my game. And every time you're out of the lineup, I could drop 30. Right. So so let's let's You have t- been out of the lineup and I've dropped 30. 
Right. So let's pay attention to this idea that I am no longer a 25 points per game scorer and more and just appreciate that I am changing my game. And I think someone in this camp probably said, look, let's get all that going with the national discourse. Let's stir up your market. Christmas Day is a perfect day. That's my take on the whole thing. I, the timing was absolutely terrible. And I totally agree with that. Even Keith Pompey uh, was just, he asked him a question about the rumors and James's response was just like, why, why would you ask me about that on Christmas, man? You didn't say Merry Christmas or nothing. You asked me about something that I ain't even. Merry Christmas. Do you want to go to Houston? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and to Harden's credit, he did say, I'm here. We're playing very well. I don't know where that. Yeah, but he said the from. exact same thing in Brooklyn last year. He really did. Like, it's the playbook. It's the same playbook. It's he the said same... reports. If you didn't hear from me, it's just reports. Right. Two weeks later, he's a sixer. Uh, Harden is using the same playbook that Doc Rivers uses every every damn night, and we're just getting tired of it. But I, uh, I wish I could say there's nothing to these rumors, but we see it all the time. With Harden, we have for the last couple of seasons. We saw it in Houston. We saw it in Brooklyn. It's just like, I I don't know who in his camp is stirring this up, but why would you do this when things are going great? Eight-game winning streak? I get it in Houston because, you know, Maury had left and there were they were talking about tanking and just like not, per, uh, not really uh, contending. And then Brooklyn had happened. And even with that, it, there was unhappiness with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But now you're with the Sixers. You have a good situation with a transcendent big man, the perfect big man to play alongside you. And you or someone in your camp wants to stir this up now. Jim. Yeah, I feel like unlike Houston and unlike Brooklyn, this one is about money. And it would have come at some point in the year. But the fact that it came on Christmas morning implies that at some point, somehow, and we don't know what or when or how or who, he probably felt disrespected somehow by someone internally. I don't know if that would be Doc. I don't know if that would be Joel. I don't know if that would be Daryl. But he probably felt like they may not be planning on giving me a max and someone's not appreciating me around here. And that's why for, it's just impossible for James to be happy. It's like, why? Why just why won't you be happy, James? What? What do you need? I'm I'm re more reluctant than you to connect what happened in Houston because I think a lot of stars would want out of a sinking ship that was about to be a tank. Like to sign up in Houston, people will be calling him Bradley Beal, taking the money, never winning a ring. Right. So so I respect him wanting it out, and then I understand the frustration with Kyrie Irving not being in the lineup, um, and his recent comments like that there was no accountability in Brooklyn for the stars, and that wasn't an environment he wanted to spend the next four or five years in. Philly was. So I think this is probably different enough. This one is probably more about money than the other situations. So there have been more than one report as far as player movement, but we're going to take a quick break, uh, satisfy the ad sponsors. We will take a break, come right back on the Outside Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Uh, we're going to talk some more trade rumors. And um, Dave, we're, we're, I'm, I'm going to debut something. I'm going to tease it like that. And we'll be back after a message from these words. It's the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Outside Podcast and the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I am Adil Royster here with Dave Early. Talked about James Harden going into the break. Now coming out of the break, there's more reports about player movement. Apparently, according to Woj, or Woj again, dropping bombs here, there's a report that the Knicks have talked internally about the idea of acquiring Tobias Harris. This one was Ian Begley, the Knicks Knicks reporter for SNY. But yes. This this was Ian Begley. And that begs the question, see what I did there? Uh, (laughs) if If you're the Knicks, why would you do this? Aren't aren't Julius Randle and Tobias Harris kind of the same player, except from defensively? Well, no, not they're not. I think Tobias is a much better locker room guy. I think he's much more willing to play the floor spacer and defender. Sure, he, okay. He doesn't give you those nights off defensively. He always tries hard. He is willing to spot up and fire. He's He's content, or at least seemingly content, to not handle the ball quite as much, whereas Randall thrives as sort of a bulldozing isolation player. I think the big thing for them would be getting off long-term money, even if it was only saving a couple years or two and Harris expiring the year after next might get them closer to a max offer in 2024 or 2025, if that's what they're shooting for on top of all the intangibles that Tobias brings to the table. The Knicks may not have that with some guys like, Randall or Cam Reddish, who at, uh, at times in their career have been unhappy with roles. They do not have that solid locker room guy. I will no, agree yeah. with that. That that team is very young. They're very green. They don't have that veteran leadership. And to ask Julius Randall to do that, that's that's foolhardy in my opinion, right? Yeah, it would probably. I can't come up with the guys. Like I'm sure the Knicks would love to trade Randall, Fournier, Derrick Rose. And maybe sweeten the pot with a guy like Obi Toppin or Quentin Grimes. And, but it's hard to imagine a deal like that with the Sixers because Tobias is actually good, better than these guys that we're offering. Now, if Daryl Morey felt like I could work with a guy like Quentin Grimes and RJ Barrett, and somehow the Knicks were like, we already bleeped up 
by maxing RJ Barrett, basically maxing him. We already messed that up and we don't want to commit to him for the next four or five years. We'll give you RJ. And if Daryl felt like that's the ticket I need for a high upside, long-term thing, maybe, but I think it it's much more realistic as a three-team deal where maybe the Sixers got one nice young player like Grimes or Reddish and then another bigger piece or two pieces from a third team because it's hard to see with Knicks players. The R.J. Barrett piece is a little bit interesting to me because especially when you consider what we were talking about Harden before we went to break. If Harden does, in fact, say that he wants to leave Philly and they have Embiid and R.J. Barrett to work off of going into next season, I'm wondering like what that Sixers team would look like an Embiid, R.J. Barrett-based team? I wouldn't be excited about it if you're losing Harden. I mean... I, I would not be excited either. Um, yeah, I'm starting to think of you as like a perennial first-round knockout in Joel Embiid's 30s now. So Embiid, we're already Barrett, into and, Embiid Barrett, fantasy. and Maxi. Yeah, you're already into hellscape fantasies now if you're taking away Harden and Tobias for this. So it would have to be a three-team deal, and I just don't know who that third team would be that right. would give up the kind of star that the Sixers need. So this report just seemed all kinds of weird to me. Yeah, I mean, it, when you hear Ian Begley say, like, the Knicks sort of kicked it around internally before their win streak, it doesn't sound like we're prepared to pivot off of R.J. Barrett, who was just so important to us that we paid him and it cost us Donovan Mitchell. Right. So I think it's probably more like, well, we do have four highly protected picks. We would love to entice you to take a combination of Fournier or Randall if you're open to that. Correct. Look at, look at Randall's statistics and hope that they could trick Daryl Morey somehow. Um, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> but Morey would probably be thinking, oh, I'm glad you called. Let me get Sacramento on the horn or let me get Oklahoma on the horn because there is a way that we could do this, but it's not the way you were originally proposed. Right. It's not even 2023 yet, and we're entertaining stuff about the trade deadline, and it's just, my, my head's already spinning. I'm like, can I get a break real quick? Just, it's nothing like last year. Like Last year, we were already six months deep into this stuff. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, we cannot catch a break. And it just goes, like, I appreciate Daryl working the phones or, you know, Daryl, like, looking in the margins for certain things. But, like, the, the Tobias thing... I think he's having his best year as a Sixer, which is probably why there's so much interest in him now. Yeah, and he's I, getting closer to expiration. I and think he's playing well. I, I I think you hold. I I think you don't go all in on trading Tobias Harris unless it's the Dave Early special and you're getting Kevin Durant in the package. <laughs> yeah, Paul Hudrick has been uh, beating the drum on that. That. He really hasn't found any uh, workable Tobias trades, so he doesn't think it's an in-season move. It's more of an off-season move, if at all. Um, which gets you into the territory when he's expiring. Do you want to trade him? Do you want to risk losing him for nothing but not actually open up much cap space because you're maxing Tyrese Maxi now? Right. And keeping Harden, potentially. So, you know, I I'm not prepared to really dive into all that stuff yet. I'm still focused on this season and do they have a chance but there are those scenarios down the road with extending Tobias. So I, I'm focused on a lot of things uh, on, on the Twitter scape, on the Twitter sphere. 
uh, always Sixers NBA basketball, but then again, just like the league in general. And there are certain things that are brought to my attention, things that come into my menchies, and I have to kind of defend and discuss some things. And with that, Dave, you know on my Twitter handle that I am the senior black correspondent at Liberty Ballers. I take that very seriously. I'm very proud of that self-proclaimed title. That's right. And nobody can take it from me. I, I would also like to add a new title to my Twitter Twitter bio, and I'll probably do that after this podcast. And that is the title of Yams Defender. I am out here. Yams Defender. I am the I am a Dio Royster defender of Yams. Okay. So like sweet potatoes, you're gonna No, 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 no. Yams. Facials, all that, all the all tomahawk the jams, tomahawk jams, You're tomahawk gonna defend jams. Them. That's right. So it's the this is the first, this is the first, the debut of what I like to call just the yams defender. Okay, so last night I have my first case. the The evidence has been brought to my attention. It happened in the last game of the Christmas night spectacular, which was the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Aaron Gordon on the break. Nuggets up by two, 126, 124. Shamit misses a three. Rebound gets to Gordon. He's in open space. It's two on one. Gordon, flies. Jokic, and then poor Landry Shamit. Aaron Gordon goes up posterizes the absolute bejesus out of former Sixer Landry Shamit, and that is called an offensive foul. Okay. I looked at all the angles. I looked at all the replays. I'm defending those yams. I'm sorry. That is a blocking foul by our boy Landry. If you look at it in all angles, slow motion, Landry... He was moving his feet? ...is not completely set. He leans to his left a little bit to take the full brunt of Aaron Gordon. Why anybody would want to do that is beyond me, but that's beside the point. He leans to his left a little bit, meaning he's not set. That is a blocking foul. Yams defended. Give Aaron Gordon his yams. I like it. I like it. Give him his yams. I also I like it because I don't like the rule that you can draw a charge. I feel like it's silly, outdated, too dangerous. We're just waiting for the day where someone, you know, some six foot player like Kyle Lowry slides in while Joe Embiid is mid dunk to take a charge and everybody gets hurt at once. Like right. three, three guys go collapsing. Guy who takes the charge banks his head on the floor. Guy as, who's as in the air did on. yesterday. Yeah, it's just this shouldn't be in the game. I, I and I think then we should make up for it by doubling up on the other types of offensive charging calls, like Siakam throws his elbow into Joel Embiid's face thinking I'm going to get the call and also shoot a free throw because I threw the elbow. That's the stuff I hate. But yeah, let, let me know in the, in the comments here. Have, have I defended Aaron Gordon's yams? I think I have, because I think that is a clear blocking foul by our boy Landry Shamit. Now, should we also defend sweet potatoes because the hypoglycemic rate, you know, for, the rate at which it turns into glucose in your body is much healthier than regular potatoes or pasta. I, I will say that, yes. Uh, and also, sweet potato fries are kind of the bomb. I'm not going to lie. I, I had 
I, I prefer sweet potato fries to regular fries at this point. If anyone's out there trashing sweet potatoes or yams or what I've recently been into, the Japanese sweet potatoes, which are like whitish yellowish on the inside. Japanese sweet potatoes are choice. They are awesome. If you get very, very them. good. I'm defending those yams, too. We're defending all yams on this podcast. <laughs> and Sixers basketball, as as well as anything else going on in the Philadelphia sports landscape. Sixers have won eight in a row. As we have said, they play Washington this week. And then uh, Tyrese Maxey maybe, maybe not comes back on Friday against the Pelicans. Should be a great Friday night tip-off. And, uh, yeah. Great week all around. Good way to end 2022. Let's end 2022 on a 10-game win streak. What do you say, Dave? How about it? I just want to say how crazy it is that, all right, you've got a guy playing like an MVP, and he's not even in the top 10 key MVP ladder. They're only like two games behind some of the top teams, Unbelievable. by the way. And then Unbelievable. you've got a guy, and then you've got a guy like uh, Maxi returning. They're on this heater, and they're winning all their games, and still we have to talk about James Harden leaving, Tobias Harris maybe being traded. It's very Sixers, isn't it? It's never ending with this franchise. I swear to God, what the hell is going on? We can't, we can't catch a break. We, we just cannot. They won't let us have nice things. Knicks fans just enjoyed their eight-game win streak. Nets fans, they're just enjoying their little streak for now because they're also thrilled. We're not talking about vaccines and yeah. you know other things that we won't go into. But like, can we have something? Jesus. Can, we, can we have a week off of uh, the controversy at least? Seriously. But I guess I guess we could blame James Harden's camp for that, assuming that came from his camp. Everybody just leave us the hell alone for the rest of the year. Just please. There's no reports, no rumors, no nothing. Let, just let us enjoy this, okay? Just stop. Just I'm, I'm putting a moratorium on this nonsense yeah. until 2023. After that, ramp it up all you want. But we need we just need a break. Jesus. Cut the kids a break. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, un- until next week, Dave, always fun. And uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year. I'll talk to you in 2023, buddy. Happy holidays. Thanks for having Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. 
This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.